us. And, uh, and so I don't take it lightly. And so I want to thank them. Thank you, Pastor Mark Tasha. I love you. <laughs> and uh, so here we go. <laughs> um, we are going to talk tonight. Well, the title of the message, and I have to qualify it because I borrowed it. <laughs> it's called Time for a Faith Lift. Not a facelift, but a faith lift. And it's not mine. I borrowed it. <laughs> uh, Pastor Tasha, in our ladies' Bible study for a while, had a, a um, teaching called Time for a Faith Lift. And so I was privileged to be able to do a couple of those teachings. And so this is different um, than what I taught then. And it's actually kind of an add-on, I would say. Um, and that whole series was really about just the fundamentals of faith and then just building ourselves up in our faith. So it's a play on words. A facelift has to do with the outside, but a faith lift has to do with the inside. And so the subtitle would be called Understanding God's Will for Healing. And so it's really important for us uh, talking about healing, and Pastor Mark has been talking to us about healing. It's really important for us to understand what God's will is concerning healing, or we won't be able to walk in it, and we won't be able to receive it, right? And I, if you have been to our Bible school, um, you're going to recognize some of these things because this is where I've learned pretty much whatever I come up here to talk to you about was our Bible school. And so F.F. Bosworth said this. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. And so it's important for us to know what the will of God is concerning healing. And there is a lot of confusion, not so much in this place because we are really well taught. And sometimes you hear things like, uh, God will use sickness to teach you something. And we know that that's not true. We know that God doesn't use sickness to teach us something, and sickness isn't from God. And we know, because we have the privilege to be here and we're taught well, that the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church, and the Word of God teaches us. So this might be a refresher for some of you, or... It might be uh, that you know about the healing power of God. You know that it's God's will to heal, and you are walking in a degree of healing, but maybe you encounter people along the way, and they don't know. And so maybe you would like uh, to be able to walk them through. Maybe you're not confident walking someone else through that and showing them what the will of God, walking through the scriptures and showing them what the word of God has to say about healing. And so uh, it is, oh, and then there's another thing, you know, sometimes we are walking in, in a degree and sometimes we, we hit a block, you know, and we don't really know why we hit a block. We know that healing is uh, the will of God and we're doing what we know to do, but something is, you know, the, the path isn't clear. <laughs> Something's blocking the path. And so we're going to talk about that too. And uh, I just pray that tonight, in fact, I'm just going to pray right now. I pray, Father, that, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, 
that you are here. I thank you for the Holy Spirit, and I thank you for the anointing, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit. And so I pray that uh, if it's something that is read in the Word, if it's something that is spoken, I just pray that light would come and revelation would come. And where there needs to be wisdom, where there needs to be understanding, I just pray that the eyes of our heart would be open, that they would be flooded with light, that our hearts, anything blocking that, would be cleared so that we can hear. And I just thank you, Father, for that. You are faithful and you are God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, praise the Lord. So, we know that healing is from God, uh, and we also need to know that because if we know that, then it helps us in our faith, right? And so faith lift. It lifts our faith. Um, so we're just going to talk about faith for a minute. We're just going to review a couple of things. Everything that God has provided for us is accessed through faith. And so we'll review a couple of things. Simply put, your faith is what you believe. It's what you believe. And so I might believe that cats are better than dogs. <laughs> I might believe that. <laughs> and I might live my life according to what I believe. Now, it might just be an opinion, but if I have a firm belief, then that's what I do. That's how I live, right? Or I might have a belief that I might believe in the ice cream diet. <laughs> I might believe that I can eat ice cream every night before bed and I will lose weight. Now, I can believe that, but it may not be true. In fact, the results might be very disappointing. <laughs> and, so, and so it's important because our world revolves around what we believe. And so it's really important that we know what Bible faith is and how to believe God. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And our new creation church paraphrase, if you've been in Bible school, is this, faith is a conviction of the truthfulness of God and his word. It's the foundation of the things that we have confident expectation for, and it's the proof of things not seen. Wow. Okay, so if it doesn't proceed from the truthfulness of God and his word, then it's not Bible faith. Amen? <laughs> All right, so we, need, we establish that, what Bible faith is. And so we need to see that in the scriptures, and we need to settle that for ourselves so that we can go to God, we can believe him in confidence, right, as children of God. And so the first point is that, uh, Jesus demonstrates the will of the Father. So healing is the will of God. And Matthew 4.23 says this. And I might be a little faster if you guys are turning because I have everything written in my notes. It just helps me <laughs> that way. So um, they'll put it up and, and you can turn to it also. But I might be a little quick. 
All right, so Matthew 4.23 says this, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And then Matthew 9, 35 says this, Then Jesus went about all the cities, and here we are again, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And so we see a pattern here. We see that Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing the sick. And I like what Pastor Mark Brzee says. He says that healing is part and parcel of the gospel. What does that mean? It is an integral part of the gospel. And it is uh, what Jesus uh, demonstrated. And so teaching and preaching, we see this, came before the healing. And the healing came after the preaching. Well, why is that? Because we need to hear the word of God. We're talking about a faith lift. <laughs> so hearing the word is part, uh, it's a principle of faith. And when we hear the word and we believe it, another principle of faith, then uh, we can receive from God. It builds our faith. And so it will help us to receive. Um, we need to feed on the word of God so that we can build our faith. And we said that Jesus demonstrated the will of the Father in the Gospels. And we're going to look at John 4, 34. And the disciples are talking, and, and they, say, they, they say this. They've been ministering, and, and one of them says, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Speaking of Jesus. And, it, and then Jesus heard that, and he said this. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And the voice translation says it like this. I receive my nourishment by serving the will of God who sent me and completing his work. Wow. Well, that's just a good way to live, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, so that means I don't need that steak or that extra dessert. I just need to be about the Father's business and doing the will of God. <laughs> but he's showing us something here. He's showing us um, he's living out the will of God. And it is first and foremost in his heart and everything that he does and everything that he says. And so that, you know, and I am just, this is kind of a skim off the top because we could go really deep into a lot of these scriptures, and, and we should, and we will, I believe, as, these, as the series goes on. But this is kind of a skim on the top. So the first part is healing is the will of the Father. Point number two is this, God's will is to heal all. And so, do you remember the story? It's Acts chapter 10. And you know what? I would just recommend get your coffee or your Coke or your Bible Sit down and read Acts chapter 10. It is exciting. This, in Acts chapter 10, 
it is when everything changed. Everything changed for the church. It's when revelation came to the church and the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God was made available to everyone, to everyone, not just Jews, but Gentiles too. And so it's the story of Cornelius. Cornelius was a devout, the Bible says, a devout man of God. He was a centurion. And it says that he faithfully uh, offered alms and prayers up to the Father continuously. And then it uh, we read in the scriptures that he went out and he actually had a vision and he saw an angel coming toward him. And the angel said to him, he said, Cornelius, he said, the father has heard your prayers. They've gone up to him as a memorial. And then he talks to him and he gives him some instructions. So read this, read this. You're going to want to. It's so great. So he gives him some instruction. He tells him to send three men to Joppa to see Peter. Well, Peter's in Joppa. He's at the house, and he's waiting for them to get dinner ready, and he's hungry. But he decides to go up to the roof to pray first. And so when he's up there, the Bible says that he fell into a trance. And in this trance, he saw something. Well, he had a visitation from God. He saw a sheet coming down from heaven. It was like a big sheet. And it was lowered down. And it was uh, bound at all four corners. And on the sheet were all kinds of four-footed animals and birds and, and everything on this sheet. Well, though they were... Uh, animals that were at that time, they were unlawful and unclean to eat. And then, so in this vision, the Lord says to him, um, Peter, rise up, kill and eat. And Peter is saying that's, they're not clean. And the Lord says, do not, uh, he said, what the Lord has cleansed, do not call unclean or common. And so, then he gives him some more instructions. Okay, I'm running. My teeth are sticking to my lips. <laughs> One second. So he gives him some instruction. Don't spill your water, Sean. Okay. He gives him some instruction. And um, he tells him uh, what's going to happen. And so... He, but he says this, he tells him what to do, and, and Peter doesn't really understand, but he says, when these men come, you need to go with them. So he's telling him, I'm in this. And so this is a total trust walk for Peter. So he gets to the house, and he meets Cornelius. This is the paraphrased version, okay? It's really or condensed, I should say. And so he sees, he sees Cornelius, and Cornelius tells him everything that happened. And then verse 34 of Acts 10 says this. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. And the word in which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God 
anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Everybody say, doing good. And healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And God was with him. Say, God was with him. Jesus, uh, oh, I just had another thought. <laughs> and it went into this. I was going to say, Jesus was the expressed image of the Father. And he was. And we already established that point. You know, do you ever, does that ever happen? Something just kind of fires in and you're like, oh, okay, that's not it. <laughs> but that's true. But we're talking about Peter. So, <laughs> so we'll keep going. And we are witnesses of these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. In God... Him, God, raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen by God, even to us, who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that. Through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Isn't that good? That is, that is the plan. And this was presented to the Gentiles. This is when everything changed. Isn't that so good? This made a way for you and for me. And it's, it's, it's so significant. And so verse 34, he said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So to God, there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. And God doesn't play favorites. <laughs> he doesn't play favorites. And so this should be an encouragement to you and to I. So when we believe and we pray for somebody and they're healed or somebody gives a testimony of their healing, we can rejoice with them. And if you're believing, then you know, okay, mine's on the way because we're children of God and healing is for everyone. And so, and I like it. He doesn't play favorites. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have favorites. You, you could be his favorite. I could be his favorite. But he doesn't play favorites. Why? Because he loves us uniquely and individually. And my Aunt Ginger, she used to call me every year on my birthday. And she'd say, happy birthday, darling niece, my favorite niece named Sean. <laughs> and you know what? I thought, wow, well, she just knows that there's only one me. <laughs> I'm her favorite. <laughs> so he loves us uniquely and individually, but he doesn't play favorites. What he's done for you, he's done for me. So praise the Lord. And this is what we need to be sharing. This is what people need to know. And I like what Pastor Mark Brzee said. He said this. He said, there should never be a lost person wondering if they could be saved. And there should never be a sick person wondering if they could be healed. God is God across the board. And he's no respecter of persons. Isn't that good? Amen. <laughs> Amen. And then in verse 38... We read about Jesus' earthly ministry, and then we read about the plan of redemption. Praise the Lord. And so this has been called the core of the gospel. And so we have access to the Father 
and the promises of God. Isn't that good? And healing is for all. And it says that Jesus went about doing good, right? And he demonstrated the will of the Father. So God is good. Jesus went about doing good. And you know what? Jesus is not divided against himself. He is good. <laughs> Amen. And so I have a story for you. Um, my friend Jan and I used to love to hike. And we had a favorite spot that we used to hike. And um, we, it, was, it was really fun because when we first went, she said, I have a secret place. <laughs> And it's a great place because it's uh, miles long, and it's lush and green and beautiful, and there's river access. So sometimes we would stick our feet in the river, and we could go as far as we wanted. And she said, it's my secret place. And, um, and I would go, you know, I'd call her after dinner or send her a text and say, walk tonight? And she'd go, yes. Hike? And I'd say, yes. And so we'd meet, and we could go whatever we wanted. We could go after dinner. We could go in the morning, we could go during the day, we could go on a Saturday, we could go whenever we wanted. There was one thing. It was on private property. <laughs> and she said this. She said, this is why it's a secret. She said, because it's private property. She goes, but I have permission because I know the owner. <laughs> she goes, and it's the owner's will for me to go whenever I want. <laughs> She's, and the owner said that I should enjoy it and I should partake of it. And the owner said that I can take whoever I want and I take you. <laughs> and so... And, and so we had access. We had legal access. We had permission to be there because it was the owner's will for us to be there. And so for me, myself, I can only go if I have her <laughs> because I do not have connection with the owner the way she did. But I want to say this. This is why we need to know God's will for healing. Because as a child of God, you have access to the healing power of God. And guess what? The owner wants you to. <laughs> the one that provided the healing wants you to partake of everything that he has. Isn't that good? I love that. Okay. Uh, you know, and in this place where we went, we had to go through um, gates. <laughs> there was like, it depended on how far we went. We had to go sometimes through five gates. And so, but because I knew that we had permission to be there, I had peace, you know, taking the chain off, <laughs> going back around, putting everything back the way we found it, and then we would just keep going. And I had confidence, and we could enjoy ourselves because I knew that it was okay for me to be there. And so the correlation is a little bit different, but healing is for us. It's for you, and it's to be shared. Praise the Lord. And so the third part is healing is part of the abundant life. And there is a beautiful story in Luke chapter 13. And I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. And here it is. <laughs> On one Sabbath day, while Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, 
he encountered a seriously handicapped woman. She was crippled and had been doubled over for 18 years. Her condition was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage that had left her unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her condition, he called to her, and he gently laid his hands on her. And then he said, Dear woman, you are free. I release you forever from this crippling spirit. And instantly she stood straight and tall and overflowed with glorious praise to God. The Jewish leader who was in charge of the synagogue was infuriated over Jesus, healing on the Sabbath day. Six days you are to work, he shouted angrily to the crowd, and on those days you should come here for healing, but not on the seventh day. And the Lord replied, you hypocrites, don't you care for your animals on the Sabbath, unlying untying your ox or your donkey from the stall and leading it away to water? And if you do this for your animals, what's wrong with allowing this beloved daughter, daughter of Abraham, who has been bound by Satan for 18 long years, to be untied and set free on the Sabbath day? Isn't that good? So he really brought a disruption to the thinking of the day, didn't he? Because they thought that this was about work. They thought it was about labor. But you know what? It says that compassion came on him for her. She was bent over. She'd suffered that for 18 years. And so it wasn't labor it wasn't work. It was an act of love. It was an act of love. And that's what took Jesus to the cross. It was an act of love. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. So there's two things that stand out here to me. There's probably more, but two main ones. Daughter. She was a daughter. Isn't that good? And you and I are children of God. And it's the Father's will to heal. And the second thing is, it says that whom Satan has bound. Well, right there, it tells us where that came from. We read earlier about the oppression, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. You know, sickness is an oppression. It comes to oppress us. And this... Uh, however it comes, and, and where, for whatever reason, was an oppression on this woman. But Jesus was moved with compassion. And so we can see here there's a, there's a real firm, hard line between what Jesus came to do and the mission or the goal of the enemy. And so we're going to look at John 10.10. And it says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And this is Jesus talking. And so 
Here it is, black and white. <laughs> it, there's a hard line there. It tells us what the devil came to do. The devil's mission is to steal, to kill, and destroy. What does that make him? It makes him a thief, a murderer, and uh, the author of destruction, anything destructive, right? But Jesus came that we might have life. What is Jesus' mission? His mission is life. <clears throat> and we read that he went around about doing good, right? Teaching, preaching, and healing the sick. He's the expressed image of the Father, and he demonstrated the will of God. And so in that abundant life, I'm going to read you another translation of John 10.10. 10. It says this, <clears throat> The thief came only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I have come so that they may have life, and life in its fullest measure. Isn't that good? So when we encounter people, or even in our own lives, we're, we're tempted to think that maybe this came from God. This is really clear, right? And so the enemy came to destroy. And who knows this? You don't trust a thief, right? You don't trust a thief. But God can be trusted. And Jesus came to give life, and healing is part of the abundant life. Part of the abundant life. Isn't that good? So... I just had it on my heart, um, and I'm finishing kind of quickly too, praise the Lord. <laughs> but we're going to go a little longer because if you know me, I can talk. <laughs> so, But um, I just had it in my heart. Uh, I kind of saw this. Um, this next point I, I, I want to talk about, and Carrie, I'd like to have you just come up, and I'm going to ask her to play some music. And um, we're just going to get in a place and an attitude uh, of prayer and an attitude to receive. <clears throat> and I want to share something with you. Lots of things. <laughs> and uh, I just believe that, um, and we're going to pray. And I believe that there's an anointing here for you. You've heard the teaching and you've heard the preaching. And I believe that there's an anointing for you just to receive right where you are, just to receive. And so the fourth point is there's wisdom. There's wisdom. And so this is what I want to propose to you. You know, if we're not experiencing the abundant life or abundance in any area of our life, then, you know, that's something, it's, it's not something to be condemned over. It's not something to beat ourselves up. We're not going to question anymore where sickness comes from because we know where it comes from. And we know where healing comes from. And the most beautiful thing is, is that we have access to his presence. And we have access to the wisdom of God. And so if there's things that we don't understand or we're not experiencing the abundant life the way we should, then guess what? It's not a time for condemnation. It's actually an invitation. There's an invitation in the word for us to seek wisdom. Wisdom. 
And in Ephesians, it tells us that Paul prays and he says, I pray that you would grant unto, uh, he would grant unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be opened, that they would be flooded with light, that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what are the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints. And so that wisdom is this. It's practical and workable principles. That understanding is clear perception. It's applicable understanding. God's not far off. He's not mystical. He's laid it down for us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He said he'll be with you and he'll be in you. He says he'll teach you things to come. That wisdom, that spirit of wisdom, that's the Holy Spirit. And he is the spirit of wisdom. So grant unto you wisdom and revelation. And so when there's things that we're not experiencing, we can go to him. We can ask for wisdom. And I want to say this too. You know, we're not a victim. We're not a victim of sickness. Why? Because Jesus purchased our healing. And sometimes we feel like that. We feel like I'm a victim of this thing, you know, but we're not because he purchased healing for us. And so there's times we just need wisdom. We need him to talk to us. And guess what? If we're not experiencing that abundant life, then this is what it means. It means everything is on the table. The abundant life is like a banner over our lives, right? It's what people can see. It's what they taste of. They taste of his goodness when they see you and when they see me. And so if we're not experiencing that, then it's on the table. What's it on the table for? For us to get wisdom, for him to bring correction. Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews tells us that, you know, no uh, correction is pleasant at the time. My kids know this well. <laughs> but afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. God loves us. And so he, want, he doesn't want anything that's going to hurt us. He wants to add to our lives, and he wants to give us wisdom. So it might be correction. Um, it's on the table for him to correct us. The Bible says that whom the Lord loves, he corrects, right? And if you're a parent, you really understand that. If you're a child and you're not a parent yet, you don't understand it, <laughs> but you will. You will. <laughs> you totally will. Um, and so we have access to his presence, just like I had access to that special place. <laughs> and so we can ask him, and we need to linger with him a while. We need to let him talk to us. And so there's things that will hinder our faith, and we need to look at that. But we need to look at that in the presence of him, in the secret place. Remember, everything's on the table. We sang about it, everything at the feet of Jesus, everything. And so, you know, if there's a hindrance to your faith, then it will hinder your healing. It can hinder your healing. A hindrance to your faith can hinder a healing. 
It might be unforgiveness. You know, the Bible says whenever you stand praying, forgive. Forgive. You know, and it's that secret place. It's in that secret place, the fellowship with him, that he'll talk to you. And I remember one time I was in strife with someone. And it just seemed like no matter what I did, I just didn't do it right. And I just was in strife. <laughs> and the Lord, in that quiet time, and you know, this is how we need to live our lives. This is the difference between here and here. The secret place is where we work it all out. Because <laughs> there's things that we know, but we don't know yet. You know? Do you know? <laughs> I didn't plan that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so that's where we work it all out. And so he said this to me. He said, and if you know me, I, I'm just a responsible person. I'm <laughs> just responsible. I can't help it. And he said, you take responsibility for everything, but not everything is your responsibility. Ding. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I don't have to boss people around. I don't have to get so upset about this. Praise the Lord. And guess what? I let it go. That person, they're free to do what they need to do. It's okay. And guess what? I'm still going to love them, and they're still part of my life, but they're not my responsibility. And the thing I was trying to do, the thing I was trying to control is not my responsibility. God set me free. <laughs> he said, just let go of that. So it might be that. It might be a heart of unbelief, you know. Uh, Jesus couldn't do any mighty works in his own hometown. Why? Because of his unbelief. And if, you know, light is progressive, revelation comes and light comes so that we can understand. And so if there is unbelief, we need to get in the presence of God. And also, when you've done what you know to do, you know, read your Bible. <laughs> Go to church. Fellowship with the, the, the believers. Receive the teaching and the preaching, right? And then you nurture that secret place. It's our fellowship with God, right? And, and so when we do that, you know, the Lord will give you wisdom, you know, Lord, what do I need to know? And I do this all the time. Or I'll tell somebody, you know what? I talk to the Lord about it, and it's, it's going to be okay. He might tell you this. He might tell you, read this book of the Bible. One time he said, read Romans, read Hebrews. Read Romans, read Hebrews. Read Romans, read Hebrews. And I had to keep reading it until something, something clicked. And so he might tell you, go to a small group. Start feeding yourself. He might tell you, add another service, you know, and start hearing the word. He might tell you that. And so it might be selfishness. Could be. <laughs> the Bible says that where there's self-seeking, there's confusion in every evil work. You know, I'm sure you've never done this. <laughs> I was at a work situation, and I just was behaving a certain way. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm just doing what's been done to me. <laughs> and this is what he said. You can do 
what's just been done to you. You can do that, what someone else is doing to you. But do you want to live with the strongholds that might be presented in someone else's life or that could be presented in your life? Do you want to live with the consequences of that? And I said, no. And he said, let it go. And so I let it go. You know, what was I? I was after my own self. That was self-seeking. I'm there. That's done to me. I'm going to do it back. I'm going to give them a taste of their own medicine. Well, guess what? When we do that, we are playing in a field that's dangerous. There's landmines there. <laughs> There's destruction there. What is that? That's wisdom. That's wisdom. And guess what? It'll set you free. And it'll release things in your life if there's healing or whatever. Um, and, this, and this is what he said to me, too, about that same situation. He said, that's a wrong spirit. And I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we got it worked out. We worked it out. He loves us. He won't embarrass you. He'll just work it out with you. I love that. And it might be the words of our mouth, our confession. You know, our confession has a lot to do with our faith, right? Hearing, believing, speaking, doing. One time, I was just saying stuff, just kind of letting things go. Uh, and I was talking about my brain. <laughs> my brain, I'm so foggy, I'm so fuzzy, I can't remember anything. It's just my brain, my brain, my brain, my brain. And the Holy Spirit, in this place, because I was forgetting things, kind of felt like I was going crazy, seriously. Ended up in a, I was in a hotel, we were all as a family at this hotel, and uh, I went down to the lobby, and I couldn't find my way back. <laughs> to the room. I couldn't find my way to the pool. <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> and I'm kind of not really spatially good anyway <laughs> with directions, but I couldn't find my way. And it started to feel very serious to me. And I was talking about, you know, that. And I kept speaking the problem. And the Holy Spirit said this. He said, am I in you? I said, yeah. He said, say this. Say, I have the mind of Christ. And the Amplified says, I hold the thoughts, the feelings, and the purposes of his heart. What is that? It's wisdom in the secret place. Because we can just read, you know, and we should read. But we should ask the Holy Spirit to talk to us when we read. And we need to really uh, nurture that quiet time and take time with him. Um. You know, sometimes the wisdom is this. You might have heard this story. It might be to cut something out. Um, Brother Hagen, he tell, we, I've heard this story, that he was having problems with his stomach. And uh, the, the Lord told him to stop eating bologna. <laughs> and that was a really simple fix. But what, what was that? It was wisdom from God. Workable principles clear perception, applicable understanding. What does all this do? It lifts our faith. One time, sometimes he'll have you step out and he'll have you do something that doesn't seem wise. <laughs> Natalie, 
We'd gone on vacation. She was four years old. Jonathan was a baby. We went to Estes Park and where our cabin was, and we were going to stay for two weeks. Natalie got sick, really sick. For a week, she, she couldn't haul down food. Three trips to the emergency room, a high fever, a rash all over her body, boils and open sores on her body, and three trips to the emergency room. We were living in California at the time, and here, it had started here when we were visiting, and so we had the church here pray. Pastor Mark and Tasha were praying. We called our church family. They were praying, and they said, uh, and then we were trying to decide, like, do we need to go home? Do we need to cut this short? And we just dug into the Word of God. We could feel the prayers of the people, and Natalie says, I want to go for a walk. Well, she'd missed out on half of her vacation. We always took walks over to the lake. We always fished in the lake. And all the things that we did usually do when we go and hammer nails on the big stumps and, you know, go find the, the bench that used to be a swing and feed the animals and all the things that we did. She hadn't been able to do any of that. And she said, I want to go for a walk. We could hardly hold her because she had, you know, just sores and she was just sore. And, uh, and her dad said, okay. He just looked at me. I looked at him. We're like, okay, let's go for a walk. Brian's parents took care of Jonathan. He was just a baby. We walked. He carried her. We walked to the lake. We got to the lake. She said, I want to get down. <laughs> he put her down. It had rained. There were mud puddles. She said, I want to play Peter Pan over the, over the puddles. What's Peter Pan over the puddles, you might say? <laughs> well, Brian's on one side. I'm on the other side. We have Natalie in between us. And we say, come on, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> over all the puddles. And the, 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 the lake is about a mile around. And so we're just going, and the farther we get, the stronger she gets. And she's, like, starting to be her old self. And if you know my daughter, she practically sang before she could talk. And so she started singing and singing and singing. And we're like, she's back. <laughs> She's back. And then she says, I want pizza. And we, she hadn't held food down for a week. And we looked at each other. <laughs> and Brian says, let's go get some pizza. We went and we got pizza at Pizza Hut. Next to Pizza Hut is Fun City with great big tall slides like this and <laughs> like gigantic slides. She's like, I want to go to Fun City. <laughs> Her dad goes, let's go to Fun City. <laughs> I mean, it made no sense. If you're a parent, I mean, that is not the responsible thing to do. <laughs> but we did it. Guess what? She started getting better. And we had the rest of our vacation. It was just wonderful. Okay, one more story. So we moved to Colorado in 1995, um, back to Colorado. And we were in California for nine years, and we were helping in our church there. We came here to help, and when I came, it was just, I don't know, I, I'd lived here before, but the allergies just, oh my gosh, all the stuff growing, and I had a really hard time with allergies, just a really hard time, and I just got really sick with them, and it, for the whole season, 
Well, then I started, um, I got a hold of a set of tapes from Pastor Mark Brzee about planting faith for your future. It wasn't even necessarily about healing. I, I'd, I need to find those and, and re-listen to them. But it wasn't really about healing. But I took it for that. I thought, because, okay, in this place, Lord, what's going on? I lived in Colorado before. Why do I have allergies? And he started talking to me. And, you know, it was just a little subtle impression. It was an impression to get that tape series, Building Faith for Your Future. I said, you should get that. And then he said this to me. He showed me when I was reading that um, in the garden, everything that was created was created to live, and it was created to be compatible. And so there were plants and animals and all those things, and there were people, Adam and Eve, right? And he said, you know, they were compatible. They were completely compatible with their environment. Well, I'm telling you, that got down on the inside of me. And I thought, okay, that's my confession. That I, everything in my body is compatible with everything in my environment. And so it took a little while. I learned how to build faith for my future. And so I stopped being so concerned about what was happening right now and the sneezing and the coughing and all that stuff and the tissues everywhere. I stopped being so concerned about that. And I started building my faith. And, and this, was my, this was my goal. Next summer, I won't have any allergies. And guess what? When I, the next summer, I didn't have any allergies. And then guess what? I gave my testimony. And then guess what? <laughs> symptoms came to try to make me waver on my faith. And, but guess what? That same spirit that talked to me, that said, you know, you're, they were compatible with their environment and, and that did that. He's, he said this to me. He said, you take authority over that right now and you speak to it. And so I did. I spoke to my nose that was running. I spoke to my eyes that, was, that were itching. I spoke to everything, my body that was aching. I spoke to every, the, you know how you like try to scratch the back of your mouth with your tongue? <laughs> like that's going to work. Anyway, <laughs> so I spoke to my mouth. I, I spoke to everything, and I commanded it to go in the name of Jesus. And I identified it for where it, I identified where it came from. You, spirit, you go back where you came from. I am a healed child of the Lord, and everything in my body is compatible with everything in my environment. And so that was wisdom that came from the Lord. So we have to be open to whatever he'll say. Remember, we said everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. Psalm 16 in the Passion Translation says this. And if you know me, this is one of my favorites. <laughs> because there was a revelation when I was sitting on my bathroom floor, you know, candles lit, music playing <laughs> in that place. And the Lord talked to me, revealed some things about his wraparound presence. Here's the scripture. The way you counsel me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because I set you, Yahweh, always close to me. 
My confidence will never be weakened, for I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and my soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. Isn't that good? <laughs> the wraparound presence of God. Amen. So thank you for playing so long. That was great. And here's what I had in my heart to do. I'd like to pray. And so we're going to pray uh, about, you know, we're going to pray for healing. And we're going to believe God. And we're going to speak the word. And then I also would like you to just take a moment. We're going to be open. We're going to linger for a moment in the presence of God. And I believe there's an anointing here for you to receive what you need, if you need healing. And if there's something that he wants to speak to you, something that he wants to say, wisdom that he wants to impart to you, I just pray that you'd be open. And then we're, and then we're going to be done. <laughs> but we can practice his presence anywhere. You guys know that. <laughs> but these are things that we need to share with people as well. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We're so thankful. And we are so grateful for your presence. We're so grateful that you are so accessible. You're so accessible. And I remember as a little girl when I got saved. And the preacher, he wasn't anything to, you know, really remember just in and of himself. But he said this. He said, Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. And if you'll open, he'll come in. And he said he's never too tired. And he's never too busy. And he's never too late. And he never forgets. <laughs> and that was a time when I really needed to hear that. And that was when I got saved. And Jesus, I just thank you that you've never left. <laughs> never. And Father, you're so accessible. You're the still, small voice, Holy Spirit. But I just pray in this room right now that you'd be the loudest voice in our hearts and in our heads. And so we just lift this before you. Like the song says, everything at the feet of Jesus. And where there's areas where we're not experiencing maybe the abundance, no matter what area it is, we just lay it before you. And it is on the table for you to love us, for you to correct us, for you to counsel us. <laughs> we just love you. We love you. Show us. The way you counsel us makes us praise you more. Because <laughs> you're always with us. You're always guiding us. And you show us what to do. You show us where to go. You show us what to say. We're so grateful for your voice and that wraparound presence. We commit our ways to you. Commit our speaking, our doing, whatever it is, we commit it to you. And we ask you to minister and speak 
give us wisdom. You said that you wouldn't hold back. We didn't even read it. I forgot to read it. <laughs> but in James, there's an invitation for us to ask for wisdom. And he'll give it to us. Praise God. Jesus, I thank you. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. And by your stripes, we were healed. And if we were healed, then we are healed. We thank you that you bore our sickness, you bore our pain. You paid a price for us to have soundness and wholeness in our minds. So right now, I just, I come against mental illness in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father. I pray for sound minds. Pray for minds to be quickened in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Pray for lungs. That lungs would breathe clearly. I pray for all the systems of the bodies, that every organ, every tissue, every cell, every membrane would function in the perfection in which you created it to function. I thank you, Father. Those that are struggling with virus or struggling to breathe, I pray that their bodies would produce rich, oxygenated blood, that they would draw deep breaths from you. I thank you. I thank you, Father. I curse MS in the name of Jesus. We command lesions to leave in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. We speak to joints. And I just thank you, Father, for your healing anointing, that anointing oil to go in to joints. Arthritis would be dissolved in Jesus' name. And joints would move freely. Thank you, Father. I speak to pain. Father, I just pray that by your wisdom you would show those where the pain source is coming from and what to do. I thank you for that. I thank you. I curse migraines in the name of Jesus. And I thank you. I thank you for your healing flow. Your healing flow where there's been injuries and damage. I just pray and I thank you for restoration, a restoration. Hallelujah. And as you bring wisdom, I thank you that there's a restoration of relationships. Ha! Where there's been a breach, where things have been broken, I speak healing to relationships. Father, give them wisdom. In Jesus' name. And a release of healing into bodies. In Jesus' name. We love you. We love you. Thank you. And if you have something that's specific that you're believing for, just give that to the Lord right now. believe that you receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you're present to heal. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Just so good. to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Healing power of God at work. People's bodies and people's hearts and people's minds. Hallelujah. It is His will to heal. We have access and all things are on the table. Thank you, Lord, for His divine wisdom ministering to our hearts and our minds, showing us the steps that we need to take. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us, leading us and guiding us into all truth? He is the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of God on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Well, I believe we're going to see more and more healings take place, healings, uh, signs, wonders, miracles taking place in the local church and taking place in this valley. And so solid teaching like that is always necessary so we can build our faith and, and really go out and do these things. Um, healing didn't pass away with the apostles. Um, it's still very present today. Um, and it can be brought uh, through the hands of people like you and me. That's good news. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you guys can stand up. Uh, don't forget prayer tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, come uh, at your supply. And uh, then again on Saturday at 7 p.m. And then come back again on Sunday. There's always something good here at New Creation Church. I encourage you, feed yourself. You know, we feed ourselves, most of us try and feed ourselves around three meals a day. Um, but a lot of times we're eating uh, once a month spiritually. And we wonder why some problems are taking place. Uh, food for thought. Feed yourself uh, as much as you can. Come to church, get involved in small groups, prayer networks, read your Bible at home, spend time in the secret place, and watch God uh, do some things in your life. Really, it's not that hard uh, to make the connection. Um, whatever has the most time in your life wins. It's just how it is. Whatever has the most time wins. So I want, I want Jesus to win. <laughs> I want healing to win. I want peace to win. So uh, let's focus on those things throughout the week. Amen. All right, let's say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. Y'all can have a great week. We'll see you next time.